Our second lesson this morning is also from the Hebrew Scriptures. It too is printed in your bulletin insert should you want to follow along. It's from the book of Deuteronomy. And the person speaking is Moses. Listen for the word of God. See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. If you obey my commandments and the commandments of the Holy One, your God, that I'm commanding you today by loving and walking in God's way, by observing God's command, decrees, and ordinances, then you shall live and become numerous, and Yahweh, your God, will bless you in the land that you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you do not hear, but are led astray to bow down to other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Therefore, choose life that you and your descendants may live. May God speak to us this day through these ancient words. In spiritual direction circles, there is a phrase that we use <clears throat> that was coined by Jesuit theologian Walter Burkhart as he was trying to describe the act of contemplation. And he simply said, contemplation or prayer or meditation is to take a long, loving look at the real. It's to take a long, loving look at the real. Now, of course, here, the real is the mystery we call God. And a long, loving look, my friends, this is our call as people of faith. This is our work as children of God. But that phrase has been playing, kind of circling, buzzing in my head like a little bee, in relation to something totally different, as I have been listening to all the political discourse that's been taking place the past many months. I will be honest. I don't have much time for Donald Trump. I never have, so this is nothing new. I've never been interested in anything he's ever done, and so I maybe watched 10 minutes of The Apprentice. But when he appeared as a possible candidate on the political scene setting his sights in the White House, I thought initially it was a lark or possibly a bad joke, but not any longer. The one gift, one gift, if I am so bold to say, and this is not going to be a sermon about politics, so don't worry. That would be inappropriate. But the one gift that Donald Trump has given us as a people, as a nation, is to confront what matters to us. What matters to us as individuals, what matters to us as society, what matters to us as people of faith, what matters to us as a nation. He has struck a chord, and he's gotten our attention. Paul Sutherland, a green investment financial analyst who is living and working currently in Uganda, helping to transform the lives of the people there caught in the grip of poverty. He says that regardless of your opinion about this man, whether you like him or hate him, whether you respect him or loathe him, 
His message and his rhetoric is getting a response from us, regardless of what side you align, on either, what side of the aisle you align yourself. What he's doing is allowing us to take a long, hard look, not so much a loving one, at what Sutherland calls our ugly. Our ugly as a nation, as a republic, as a democracy, as a people, as individuals. Whether you're a liberal or conservative, Christian, Muslim, agnostic, atheist, gay, straight, honest or crooked, Trump holds up a mirror for us to see what we don't like about ourselves. And he's done a really good job of that. This is what Sutherland calls our ugly. And our ugly isn't very pretty. We can't Pollyanna it away. The reality of his statements tell us to look at what it is we value or don't. Is it our racism, our bigotry, our arrogance, our sense of elitism as being Americans? Another prophet who lived in this land who's no longer alive, Martin Luther King Jr., once said that our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. And a serious look at our country shows us what we are silent about. And there are many things. We become apathetic. We pass by poverty on the street almost every day, embodied by a homeless person asking for money. Whether we're on our way to a yoga class, or to church, or to the farmer's market, or to Starbucks. We like to pretend that global warming will simply go away, even though this July was the hottest July on record around the planet, the hottest July three years going. The planet is warming up. And we're ignoring that the levels of the oceans are rising. Parts of Florida's beaches are gone. And we hear very little about the five islands in the Salomon Islands that have totally disappeared into the Pacific. And the fate of the Marshall Islands looks like that will be true for them as well. You know, if we talk about it, we tend to talk to people who agree with us. Or we post something on Facebook and our Facebook friends like us. So we think that others are feeling the same way we're feeling. And there are a few that are, but there are many, many who aren't. We are often indifferent to difference. We're silent about that what matters. And my friends, we can't be silent any longer. So what does matter? What matters to you? Really matters to you? What matters to me? It's a question I think we need to ask. And what matters to us as inhabitants on this little sphere we call Earth, our home? 
And what matters to us as those who say they are followers of the Prince of Peace? We heard from the book of Deuteronomy about choosing life. This pericope or selection of scripture is often referred to as Moses' farewell speech to the people of Israel. He wants them to look into the future, urging them to love the Lord their God by keeping the commandments and by doing so, Moses says, you will have life. You will have life and your ancestors will have life. About choosing life, this is what matters. About choosing for another and not just choosing for ourselves, this is what matters. About choosing life is allowing ourselves to be changed. Change. This is what God was going on about in our text in Jeremiah. God spoke to the prophet through watching a potter at his wheel. So I sat down at the potter's wheel, said Jeremiah, who was working at the wheel. The vessel being made of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand. So the potter reworked it into another vessel, as it seemed good for the potter to do. God said to Jeremiah, can I not do with you just as this potter has done? Like clay in the potter's hand, so you are in my hand. God was speaking to the people of Israel through Jeremiah, encouraging them to turn their hearts and attention to God, encouraging them to turn their attention and their hearts to one another, encouraging them to turn their energies and their minds, their attention and their hearts to that which mattered. And my friends, God is speaking the exact same thing to us. What is essential? What is core for you? Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I look at all that's wrong around the planet and our country, I feel a bit impotent. What could I possibly do as one person when the world's problems are so big, so massive, so complex? One thing I can't do is be silent. One thing I can do is to make my voice heard. One thing I can't do is pretend that it'll all get better by itself. One thing I can do is to make sure I am not passive or apathetic, that I work for change. One thing I can't do is to buy into the fear that's being aired by the media 24-7. And one thing I can do is to vote and to work for legislation that will mean life, not just for me and not just for the people I love, but those people I don't love and maybe don't even like, those people I don't know, and those who are yet to be born who will call this planet home. What is the one thing that you can't do? And what is the one thing you can? Our lives begin to end the day we become silent 
about things that matter. Martin Luther King Jr. was right. When we become silent, when I become silent, our lives become, begin to come to an end. They're flat. They're lifeless. They're sterile. So my friends, it's all about the choices we make. We can choose to be like an ostrich, pretend that things are going to work their way out. Or we can choose the opposite. It's all about choices, and you and I have the power to make those choices. The question is, which choice will we make? Albert Einstein once said that nothing happens till something moves. We can be aware, and we are aware, of all that's not working in the world. But awareness doesn't change things. It begins the change, but awareness is not movement. Actions change things. Engaged intentions change things. Reminds me of those words by Mahatma Gandhi. Your beliefs become your thoughts. Your thoughts become your words. Your words become your actions. Your actions become your habits. Your habits become your values, and your values become your destiny. Choosing life, my friends, is about choosing our destiny, our future. And not just for us, but for everyone on this planet, for everyone in our families, for everyone in the sanctuary. This is what Moses was saying to the people of Israel, and I believe this is what God is saying to each of us today. The texts challenge us. The texts challenge me to see, to really see what matters most, to really see how I am choosing for life or not, to see what part of me, what part of us gets most of our power. It's like that Cherokee story of the two wolves. An old Cherokee is teaching his grandson about life. A fight is going on within me, he said to the boy. It's a terrible fight, and it's between two wolves. One wolf is evil. This wolf is anger, envy, sorrow, regret. He is greed and arrogance, self-pity and guilt. This wolf is resentment, inferiority, lies and false pride, superiority, ego. The grandfather continued, the other wolf, the other wolf is good. This wolf is joy and love and peace, love, harmony. He is serenity and humility, kindness and benevolence. This wolf is empathy, generosity, truth, faith and compassion. The same fight is going on within you, he said to his grandson, and the same fight is going on within everyone who lives. The grandson was silent for quite a while. Then he asked his grandfather, Grandfather, which, which wolf will win? Which wolf will win? The old Cherokee looked to his son, his grandson, and said, the one we feed. 
about choosing life is about that which we feed within us. Do we feed fear? Or do we feed hope? Do we feed apathy? Or do we feed action? Do we feed feed gloom? Or do we feed possibility? About choosing life, it's taking a long, loving look at what is real. It's taking a long, loving look at what matters. And my friends, what matters is God's love for us to choose life. God's desire is that we be open to allow ourselves to be reworked, transformed, like that clay on the potter's wheel. And I, for one, want to choose feeding that within me, within Jeff, that will bring about change and life and benevolence for all, not just some. Will you join me? Thank you.